What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a grade cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the grade cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel a gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Grey Cricketer Podcast, where we've done it. All roads leads to Manus Labouchain. He's on the podcast and I've started with a pun because I can't speak because the tour has ended me. My name's Ian Higgins and I'm joined by Sam Perry in Melbourne. Uh, Good evening to you, Pez. Exciting times. The ashes are heating up. Super exciting times, he goes. I quite like the husk in your voice. It's very kind of FBI radio 94.5. It's a... um, sort of deep Sydney reference from maybe hmm. a decade ago. But um, to six yes, mate, great, to, great to be with you. Obviously, we've gone back to back with a podcast. It was Dave last night. Um, we're, we're, at, we're at sixes and sevens post this tour. Mm-hmm. Let's not be too self-referential about it. But the fact is that, you know, the ICC schedule dictates that these are back-to-back tests. So it's, you know, a very tight review of Lords. And now we're previewing Headingley. Mm. Uh, the, the series is alive, he goes. Uh, and, like, let's be real, like, it was alive at the start. It's an Ashes series away from home, but there was this kind of hangover from the World Cup, particularly from uh, an England standpoint. I mean, mm-hmm. we went over when we went over there, again, self-referential, mm-hmm. a lot of the journos, a lot of colleagues, a lot of, uh, you know, public, even some, like, sort of players, like ex-players, were noting that they were emotionally strained following the World Cup, and there was just this sense of kind of lethargy, over this Ashes series, uh, that's completely eroded now uh, that Joffre Archer has <laughs> ended Steve Smith for a test and burst onto the scene. All of a sudden, England are awake. <laughs> you know, They're awake and they're bantering and you see it on the internet and aren't they witty? Uh, so with all that in mind, uh, <laughs> we can preview Headingley and, uh, and Australia's chances uh, because like, they only need to win a game. They need to need to win one. Feels like a long way way to win one without Steve Smith. Mm. But um they only need one from the next three and mm. they retain historically. So there's my there's my opening gambit, Ian. Um, mate, in so many parallels with 2005, you know, like has there ever been a, a, a more hotly contested debut than Kevin Peterson, Joffrey Archer, 14 mm. years apart? You know, mm. Australia's best player goes down, McGrath, Steve Smith, missing mm. test matches, crucial, crucial. Mm. Who's Michael Kasperwitz? I'm not sure just yet. Yet. Nisa. 
<laughs> but yeah, I just I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, you're completely right that people were people were sort of saying, "Well, you guys need to talk, speak about the World Cup more." No, no, we don't. Mm. No, the Ashes are alive; they're here. Mm. Three tests to play. England are going to need to win three, probably. Uh, unless there's another draw, they win two. I'm now just telling you how the, how maths works. But yeah, yes. mate, you're right. I think Australia has three chances to retain the Ashes, um, and there hasn't been a better chance to do that in the last 14 years away from home. The last sort of what, four, I mean, four tours, three, yeah. two. I don't know how it works. But well, like yeah. I said, they, they haven't won since Sale of the Century was on TV. That's right. I mean, mate. This, is, this is the thing. Like the, the reason why this is important, and a lot of people know this anyway, but like. You know, the, the, the great wins in Test cricket these days, the great serious wins are always done away from home. You know, it's, it's extremely difficult to win away from home. And uh, Australia hasn't really had a famous away win in no. Test cricket since, like, India. No. 04. Uh, there, there have been some wonderful wins, uh, particularly in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, they went really close against India last year, which was mm. the best Test cricket Australia's played in a really long time. They played mm-hmm. in a really humble way. They adapted the conditions. They got rid of the 140s, short of a length stuff, uh, the chests and, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. They seem to be adopting a similar kind of approach this time around. It's all, you know, skill, not emotion. It's all mm. kind of, we're not going to bounce them out. We're going to get them out by drying up the four balls. We're going to select Peter Siddle over Mitchell Stark, you know, for, because that suits our English plans and, mm-hmm. and that sort of expertise. But now they've kind of been, um, well, they've been joffred, you know, in the yep. last test, which yep. they saved. And uh, it, it's going it, to, I just feel like it's going to prod the ego a little bit with Australia. They're still saying, look, we're gonna we're gonna stick to our plans. We're gonna use the short ball when we need to, and um, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure you know in the bowels of that dressing room, oh. it's kind of you no know, where you know like I'm the one who knocks. Mm. <laughs> you know what mm. I mean? Uh, and uh, and you know, it'd be interesting. Like it'd be, no, I don't get it either. Mm. Um, it'd be interesting to see um, <laughs> who they pick. <laughs> so, so Justin Langer is is Walter White is what you're saying. I like that, um, mate. No, I think this is this is a good thing to to touch on here, Pez, because um, we've sort of spoken about how Justin Langer has you know turned this team around, and you and you rightly say you know that make the point about Peter Siddle playing over the likes of the four the you know, the, the four main bowlers. I mean, it was it was only a year ago when people were saying that you know the uh, the Australian uh, pace attack was the best attack in the world, plus Nathan Lyon as well, with obviously 350 mm-hmm. Test wickets. Now they're, they're, they're selecting guys that they think can win in the right conditions. But now Archers just poked the bear because they poked the bear originally as well. And it's like there's still this thing that I just don't believe that Australia are nice guys. There's like everyone who is in that team has grown up in the Australian cricket system, which makes you a cunt. That's the entire point of it. That's the, that's how we've been good for so long until it stopped working. And then three guys, you know, they 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 carried the sins for forty years of us being cunts, in, you know, in Australian cricket. But like the guys who were there went through the entire system that made those people the way they are. So like when I see Justin Langer at a press conference saying like, you know. Uh, like not looking at journalists in the eye, not respecting people in any sort of way, but also giving quite you know nice answers. It's there. I still see it. It's there. It's like it's still. It's all part of it. So the, you know, four, five bowlers, all pace, bounce the fuck out of them. Four one. <laughs> They're gonna play six tests, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the great cricketer is now Fox and Friends. So we're, play, we're proud to announce uh, that we are um, Sky After Dark of, right. uh, of, of cricket conversation. Andrew Bolt's coming uh, on the show after this. Yeah, we definitely haven't uh, returned mentally from 
whatever happened uh, in the UK. But, mm. uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see whether Australia kind of maintains its disciplined approach. I, I Like, I sort of... I think it would be a trap for Australia to be lured into trying to win via the Alpha Road I agree. In, in England. And um, it's never really worked for us before, uh, except when we had Warren and McGrath, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, I think they have to stick with what they're doing. But it'd be interesting to see what 11 they go with. I mean, as we go to air, uh, it's, you know, we don't even know the, the 12 yet. We don't know whether it's, it's, again, down to the bowlers. We don't know whether Siddle's going to get a rest uh, we don't know, um, if so, whether that means Pattinson or Stark. I've seen in some quarters even uh, Nessa has been mm. suggested mm. as someone who might work. I've, I've heard a couple of journalists say that he looks the quickest in the nets uh, or is it that or a heavy ball, mm. <laughs> uh, whatever the hell that means. But, mm. um, yeah, it, it, I mean, do, do you have a view on that, Higos? I mean, from my point of view in terms of the quicks, it's hard to go past – Cummins and Hazelwood mm. after Hazelwood's performance at Lords. Mm. Uh, it, it, apparently, the deck is well, the deck is like the, the fifth quickest in England according to Crickfears. But then Langer says he expects it to be slow, and it's been slow in first class cricket. But just in terms of the quicks, like I, I would line it up as like Cummins and Hazelwood, and then either Pattinson or Stark. And I think if Pattinson's fully fit, then he gets the nod. But um, if he's not, then uh, unleash Stark, I'd say. I wouldn't be surprised, mate, if Stark doesn't play in this Ashes. Um, and that means that he'll definitely um, be batting three in this test match mm. and take the new and ball cap- as well. And captaining. Well, he is going to be captain. He'll be put into a leadership role, and, and I, I, for one, welcome that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Stark, Stark's an interesting one because he's such a confidence bowler. And, um, I, I mean, for me, it'd be like how he's bowling the nets, which is goes against everything that I say that you can't pick guys, but how they bowl the nets. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, England are so scared of Stark because of what he did in the World Cup, and he's obviously got a great record, and he is a very attacking bowler. But on a, on a slower wicket, which is what Langer seems to be suggesting it's going to be, a bit more like Lords. Um, I don't know, but I mean, geez, Archer found a bit of pace in Lords wicket as well. So, yeah, mate, I, I, I'm not so sure about Stark because I think he'll bleed a bit more a few more runs I think I think Siddle's been doing a fine job um, you know England didn't win Lords it felt like they did um, but going into the last day Australia it was either going to be Australia win or draw um, real, realistically I mean Stokes batted amazingly and uh, as it turned out England were only four wickets away but I mean Australia Australia are heading, this, heading the series in, in not only scoreline but I think just generally I, I, I mean to answer your question, who's going to bowl? I've got no idea. Uh, uh, Who'd you have though? Hazelwood, Siddle, Cummins, mm. Lyon. I'm going to pick the same team. Yeah. I think. Yeah, okay. I think that's what it's going to be. Um, yeah, I, I can't see Pattinson coming in or Stark. But I mean, the only thing uh, Stark would come in for just for fear factor, just for wickets, more attacking bowling. I'm not sure, but I don't think we necessarily need to worry about bowling England down. I mean, we took. What fifteen wickets in a day and a half in you know bowling to England last Test match and Lords bowled them out twice uh, in the first Test so uh, yeah I don't know I don't think I don't think a change is necessary. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I'd, I'd probably on the rotation front I'd give Siddle a rest and back to back tests, Pat- back to back tests. Pat- yeah, yeah, it's a good and, point. And start Pattinson and um, mm. I also would do that on the basis that although Australia are ahead and there's a lot of chat about only needing to win one more. You know, or even a even a, a draw, 
puts mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on England. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, it's one of those you can't defend a lead kind of things. Mm. There's still so much cricket to be played, and I think that a guy like James Pattinson, uh, if he gets it right for a couple of spells, he could he could do enough to give you a great chance of winning a, a test point. match. A good Plus point. he can bat. So yeah. uh, anyway, I, I think if he's fit, he comes in. I think it's kind of – I mean, he, he would have retained his place uh, post-Edge Baston on performance were it not a case of trying to manage his fitness. And True. the reason they're managing his fitness is to give himself the best shot of winning these games for Australia. So if he's yeah. fit, I'd play him. It's a great point, mate. I think you've won um, me over there. Yeah. Um, mate, just um, obviously the, the big talking point – well, I don't know if it's a talking point. Steve Smith isn't playing which is huge yeah. um, because he has literally been the difference between the two sides so far. Um, yeah. Batting has been pretty even across the board. Well, in fact, I'd say England are a front, um, uh, you know, for, for 10 guys. And then Australia's captain is just by far the best player in this series. So without him playing, it's going to be huge. You know, Labuschagne. I, th- I think, like, to put it in the context of what Labuschagne did in that test match, that's the equivalent of fucking James Vince coming in for Root and mm. batting at the Gabba, basically, and, mm. and doing that. Uh, you know, it's just it's quite remarkable, and just I mean, we speak about we've already recorded the the Manus interview, um, but when we ask him about that, but just to get the right mi- mi- like mindset is f- amazing, um, and then to face Archer under those conditions, I mean, I know you, you and Dave spoke about this very eloquently last night and last night's show, but um, it's pretty impressive to have that guy in your squad. Um, and I've come full circle. I'm, I'm all about Manus. Yeah. He's going to say three wickets as well, roll out his mm. leggies, a couple of runs. But I think realistically, Kawaj is probably playing for his spot in this game um, mm. because he he looks terrible in England. I think he averages like mm. nine in England. It's it's very low. For a guy who averages like 42 in Test cricket, to average that low in England, and he doesn't look like scoring a run either. Yeah. Um, uh, Kawaj is on his third tour and he's made... 150. Yeah, it's grim, uh, isn't it? Uh, so I, I thought he batted well in the second innings at Edge Baston. I think he's yeah. shown some uh, evidence of some fluency, which I guess you'd expect. No, he's a good but player. He, yeah. I mean, this is huge. This is huge for uh, for, for Warner and Kawaja, especially. Uh, and, and I guess all of the talk now is that Warner has to just go out and flail because if you're going to get a single digit score poking around you may as well try and hit a few boundaries while you're at it and see if you can actually take Mm. somebody down uh, and and find you know hit his way into a groove I've got you know I've got no idea I I, you know I have a bit of sympathy for being for getting out for very low scores as an opening batsman in England playing against you know the the preeminent seamers uh, that they have there I I think it can happen I, I think it can happen four times in a row but um Probably not too many more for David Warner. I, I'd, I'd imagine that he'll have something like he he will come back. He's too good a player not to. And it's not as though he's been worked out in some kind of technical way. At least that we can see. There doesn't seem to be too many patterns to his dismissals. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I, you, you'd imagine he's able to correct it. And then yeah, as for the yeah. rest of the guys, yeah, I don't know. I, I've like after watching Marnus bat, I think he's as good a shot as anybody of making a big score. Well, mate, uh, not that's... not just for the t- for toughness, but the technique that he showed against Archer. His li- yep. his lines were good, his yep. tactics were good, and he clearly has a mentality of a guy uh, who he, he, there's just something like comically magnetic about. Manus. I mean, we've focused in on him a lot hmm. because he's just the anti-alpha hmm. <laughs> in so many ways. Hmm. But like it, every all road seemed to lead to him all the time, and you know he got this opportunity and he took it better than anybody else. It, it, there's just something. There's something about him. So I don't know if that's hope, you know, more hmm. than reality. But yeah, there's something about Manus. Oh, mate, that, that's 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 why I say. Um, 
Kawaja's playing for his spot in the next test because I, I imagine Smith is going to be available for um, Old Trafford the fourth test. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think I think Labuschagne has already almost done enough to to you know fill in for Kawaja if he doesn't if he doesn't um, score runs in this test match because you think I mean Wade's already scored a hundred at Edgebaston, Travis Heads look you got a couple of fifties. He's been good. He looks pretty good. Um, you know Payne's the captain, so if you know there's only one spot really available. I can't see Warner getting dropped this series for Harris. Bancroft is probably the 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 best opening batsman Australia have at the moment, uh, which is concerning. Um, so I mean, really, you're kind of looking at Manus to come in the middle order and Kawaja. I think like Stark is a real confidence player, and I think if he gets runs once, he's, he gets into a real rhythm, real flow. Um, mm. Even saw that in the UAE. But um, well, Kawaja opened the batting in grade cricket ten to fifteen years ago, so I've always just seen him as an opener. Yeah, okay. And I think that you know. If, <laughs> If Bancroft struggles, I know they like him at short leg and, and third slip, and I do appreciate that. But um, mm. uh, you know, if he if his mechanics don't improve, then you could always push Kawaja up to open the batting with Warner and bring Labuschagne in at three. Mm. To me, that actually looks stronger mm. than what it currently is. Mm. Yeah, it's not a bad shout, mm. um, mate. England's are probably England. going to be. Un- I mean, Anderson was bowling, I think, in some club game. Um, in in Liverpool uh, yesterday, so he probably will play in Manchester possibly. Mm-hmm. The interesting one for them because I mean, who do they drop out of their team? Would they play? Would they even play a spinner? Would the Moen come back in? I don't know. It's a yeah. it's a confusing one. Well, Moen's um, bowling medium pace now, as yeah. their viral clips that's uh, right. demonstrate. That's right. God, oh man, as a as a yips. <laughs> uh, as, a, as, a, as someone who experienced Yips as a mm-hmm. leg spinner mm-hmm. Who then would occasionally bowl medium pace I just know how that poor bloke feels mm. uh, But then again I don't know what it's like to bowl a half tracker And have one viral clip Go mm. around the universe mm. So that I is, don't fully know how it feels That is the only difference between 2005 And, and, and this, this Ashes series in 2019 <laughs> That Twitter doesn't exist And, and, and GIFs weren't <laughs> created just yet um, <laughs> mate, uh, <laughs> um, mate, what else? Uh, well, I got, one, one thing that's happened between these, these two test matches, one and two, is that all of a sudden there's like some real internet wars going on and um, it's really grim. It's a really grim time to uh, be a fan of sport when two people are just yelling at each other on the internet. I don't really know who they're talking to, but then like, Vegemite's getting involved, Marmite's then chiming in. It's a whole thing. I, I don't know. I, I, I blame Trump. Yeah, and, and it goes both ways. Like uh, the, the latest one that I've seen that just uh, – it, it just leaves you feeling nothing but grim, here goes, is yep. the uh, – there's a few pieces coming out now from like unnamed, you know, staff writers at, oh, yeah. at online yeah. publications in yeah. Australia, you know, highlighting that like England fast tracked the rules to get Joffre Archer involved. And uh, it's just such a like, it's such a lame, lazy uh, little like mm. dog whistle, mm. you know, to people that, that England have kind of bent the rules. Like mm. if you followed cricket in any way, mm. Uh, with any kind of scrutiny in the last couple of years, you're aware that Joffre Archer was being fast tracked. You know this, oh, was, this was happening, and you, you know, and you just do it, and like it's fine. And, but but then like, and you get the standard like barbecue land Aussies jumping on that, saying, "Oh, you know, England doing what they always do," and and then and, but then you get the return fire from people who should know better as well, like moralising with their superior intellect over Australians as well and pointing different things out. And it's just like, it's just a lame mm. 
a lame exchange uh, between yeah, oh, and it's, it, it's keyboard warriorism at its best, and it, it, they're all based on straw men. Like Joff Archer's playing, it's awesome. Leave it, you know. And it go, it, it like it goes the other way as well. Uh, you know, the the, the false moralising over Steve Smith, making sure that his his safety was looked after. You know, um, when really what people wanted was to, was to make sure that he missed the Leeds test. Mm. <laughs> you know, the Leeds oh, test. Oh, yeah. so many people are getting it wrong when, like, people just, yeah. like, get passionate and they go on the internet. You know, if you're going to do that, have a glass of red. You know, at least be yeah. a little bit funny about it. Exactly. Mate, like, I, I posted a tweet, uh, personal one, the other day, just uh, yeah. just making an observation that England are now um, just doing what Australia did for years and just being cunts mm. now, and, like, they're, they're now Australia, and I blame climate change. Obviously yeah. a joke. Then just, like, it got tweeted by someone that put it into the mainstream and then, like, the comment section was just people being xenophobic and it's like, who the fuck are you talking to? And it's just, yeah. like, it's just an excuse. It's like, oh, Labashain was born in South Africa and Steve O'Keefe was M- Malaysian. It's like, who gives a fuck? I don't care yeah. if fucking Joffre Arch is a... I don't yeah. care if he's a president of fucking Barbados. He's awesome. <laughs> and we get to watch yeah. him in the ashes. It's incredible. I don't care. Like... Yeah. It's just good. It's just amazing to watch the best players playing like the most important series that every other Test nation wishes that they played in. Um, but also, yeah, the funny thing exactly. is, we're, we're complaining about it now. But I know for a fact that, like, I'm talking to an audience who also just agrees. I think for the most part, our audience <laughs> isn't the idiots who like who boo yeah. players and they find that kind of embarrassing. Um, so, but you know, I don't yeah, know. I don't exactly. know. Like, oh, yeah, we moralise over the booing, mm. and it's like, yeah, but but we would do the same thing because mm. like every country just has. Dickheads, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean. Exactly. And then you know, the, you know, he or she who shouts the loudest mm. tends to kind of own the most space. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not agreeing with Scott Morrison's quiet Australians thing. <laughs> that also is quite grim and very manipulative uh, mm. in its own way. But uh, but yeah, there's it, it's kind of it's starting to heat up. You know, it's the stuff starting to heat up, and it's uh, it's grim to watch. And what I'll do is I'll check it 18 times a day and yes. think about things to write back, and then I won't. That's right, mate. Well, I mean, if there's nothing else, it shows that people care. And uh, you know, in an era where uh, you know cricket might be a little bit on the way, and we're trying to find new ways to make it interesting for you know people, maybe this is the way. And names and numbers on the back of shirts might not be. Um, I don't have anything else to say, Pez, ahead of this Test match. Although I'm really looking forward to it. I think England are probably going to win, um, but that makes it one-one with two to play, and that's also really bloody exciting. Um, but also Australia, what it comes down to, have three chances to retain the Ashes, essentially, and that's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And who would have predicted that before, you know, as I said, about a month ago or whatever. Um, mm. Mate, I need to drink some herbal tea um, before um, before the listeners complain about my uh, husky voice. Uh, you can also hear it on a sex line, uh, obviously. Uh, just get me on the internet. Um, anything else, Pez? Or should we get Marnus on the phone? Speaking uh, of no, sex just, lines. just finally, as as, as we um, <laughs> sat on a high horse uh, from the ivory tower, commenting on people's um, uh, internet <laughs> grimness, yeah. uh, it wouldn't have sketched many people that we we have also dished plenty of that out <laughs> in our time. So That's I right, guess what mate. we're saying is, when we do it, it's okay. That's right, uh, but not in, but not anybody else. That's right. That's right. Uh, glad it's cleared up. All right, Marnus Labuschagne on the phone coming up. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep, it's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Go ahead, break it down real 
Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Well, here goes. In the words of uh, David Letterman, our next guest needs no introduction, except that he does, uh, because uh, he's a character that deeply fascinates this enterprise that is the great cricketer. Not only is a zealous man uh, of kit, uh, once telling Peter Lawler, I love bats, I love gear, I love talking bats, fine details, changes, handle shapes, how the bat taps, the length of the blade, and so on. He is also the owner of one of the most epic innings in modern Australian cricket after seeing mm. off Joffre Archer a few days ago at Lords and effectively single-handedly saving Australia in the fourth innings. As we've been saying since last summer, all roads lead to Marnus Labuschagne, and it's our great mm-hmm. privilege to have him join us today on the line from the Australian Team Hotel in Leeds. Marnus, a big welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast. Thank you, boys. It's a, it's a pleasure to sort of be a part of it, and um, yeah, exciting times. I like how you said sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> sort of. That's right, and, and, and that's fair. Um, Manus, you, you strike me as a man in touch with your roots. What's your grade cricket story? My grade cricket story? Um, well, I, I've played for Redlands, um, which is a club... If this is what you want me to talk about, is that correct? Mm. Yeah, like, I mean, we'll get straight cricket, into international like stuff shortly. But yeah, mm. just pretend that you care <laughs> no, about yeah, great cricket. Yeah, my great cricket club is um, Redlands. No, I love great cricket, mate. I actually generally do. I was actually talking about um, club cricket selections to my club captain, like who's one of my really close mates, um, for the first round of great cricket coming up. So... <laughs> Sorry, it, sorry. Um, Can I stop you there, Marnus? Like, so you're you've just played one of the most important innings for Australia in decades, and your club captain said, "Like, mate, who's going to bat four for Redlands on the weekend?" Is that what's happened? No, no. Well, I've actually gone to him, so it's actually the other way because we're, <laughs> we're talking because he's one of my really good mates. He's one of my okay. really good. So, um, can, yeah. Can no, you, sorry, let, let's actually just strip that back a little bit. Yeah, Where couple. were you when this happened? Like, were you in the team hotel? You at training and what happens? Like, do you just have a thought and just go, look, I'm going to go to the skipper with this idea while I'm in my Australian kit sort of preparing <laughs> for this epic Ashes match? Is that, is that, is it, can you nah, just sort of set the nah, scene, like illustrate it a little bit? <laughs> no, it's more just uh, in the hotel. Um, yeah, like I said, he was the MC at my wedding and um, yeah, he's one of my really good mates and I always give him a call or, um, and, you know, we just have a chat and talk about, you know, um, you know, some of the players that, that are at the club because I coach a few of the kids at the club, a few of the mm. guys. Um, and, yeah, just talking about, you know, what, what's happening with the team. And, uh, obviously, round one's coming up in, I think, a couple of weeks. So a um, couple of trial games. We had a trial game. Redlands had a trial game on the weekend. Um, yeah, so just talking about what what, what we're thinking and uh, and who's in, who's out, what's the ins and outs. Mm. I'm not obviously there, so... Mm. I know you can't really divulge for the... Um, for the Redlands listeners, you know, out there, but like, mm-hmm. what was the advice? What did you, was it yeah. sort of, you've got to bring through a young bloke and, and an old bloke's mm-hmm. got to go. I mean, you've obviously mm-hmm. got a whole bunch of credibility now that you're an Australian <laughs> yeah. player. So what mm-hmm. you say goes, what, I mean, mm-hmm. was it some harsh advice? Or? <laughs> uh, no, 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 not, not much advice. It was more just talking about uh, what does the team look like really? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. ex- exactly what you're saying. We've got a few really good young players at our club. Um, that are sort of in that 19s Queensland stuff, um, you yeah. know, that, that, that we'd love to be getting into to our first mm. grade team. Um, mm. And, yeah, obviously, um, just just how we're going to fit them in and, and where they're going to bat and whatnot. So and, just a bit of bands. 
Yeah, and at the same time, is he giving you advice for the Australian team? Like, I'm not sure about Siddle. Like, we should bring Starkey in, maybe. Is he sort of giving it back to you as well? <laughs> oh, definitely. There's definitely some banter there. Obviously, um, <laughs> you know, if you're good mates, there's always just you know a bit of to and fro. But um, no, nah, yeah. yeah. not too much. Um, okay. Not too much. But yeah, I was. I've definitely, he's definitely sent me a few pictures of me getting hit in the head, so he's loving it. <laughs> well, that, oh, Lex, I mean, that's a, that's a nice <laughs> segue. That's yeah. great that your mates just send yeah. you pictures of you getting yeah, smashed in the grill and stuff. But I mean, yeah. as we speak to you, there's sort of uh, you know reports coming through the wire in Australia, and it is a wire; it's not the internet. That's um, mm. uh, you you got littered again today. I mean, like the, the ashes, um, and this is at training. Like the the ashes has just absolutely exploded into this like. Uh, like epic, hostile kind of series now, and you're right in the centre of it. Like, I mean, how's it feeling to be part of it and also to be littered by both English and Australian players? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, you're right. It, it, it's um, it's great for the game, I think. It's great for, for cricket. It's great for Ashes cricket because it's really shown, you know, how good Test cricket actually is. I think, you know, even playing um, in a three-day game, essentially, at Lord's, um, you know, it, it went down to the wire. It was a nail-biting finish, and it was, um, you know, it's good for it's good for the game. Um, and I think it's it's amazing to see um, Test cricket sort of in that stature again, because um, um, I think it really it's showing you, you know, the really good challenge between bat and ball. I think both teams here are very evenly matched. Both got really good bowling attacks. Both got good batting attacks. So it's it's a real challenge, and um, I think. You know, it's it's just you know who's performing better on the day, mate. Um, tell us about the Lord's experience. I mean, you're the first concussion substitute. You're the first like for Ooh. like for Steve Smith, which has got to be a nice compliment as well. And uh, you know, you managed to play an innings to save the match for Australia. Uh, I mean, can, can you describe what it's like? just having Joffre Archer come in to bowl at you in those circumstances? I mean, what are you thinking? What are you feeling uh, through that? Um, well, I mean, I'll take it to the to the morning. Obviously, I was, um, it was a pretty intense morning, if I'm going to be honest. We, um, we, we were actually down there at about 8.30 at the net um, having a training session. Um, and obviously, the guys that aren't playing were having a proper net session. The wickets were pretty undercovers, a bit juicy that morning. And you have Pattinson, Stark and Nessa steaming in with, um, you know, so it's a, at least, you, you know, in the morning you go there and you, you're on because it's mm. not like you're facing, you know, some, some medium paces. You, you get mm. bumped in the net um, by some pretty quick bowling. So it got me going. And then Payne obviously came over and he said, look, mate, I think you're going to, I think you're going to play. And it was actually started raining probably 20 minutes after that. So went back up, sort of just chilled out. And it didn't really become real. Obviously, walks on the field, fielded. And then it was a little bit surreal, really, when you walk out and you're like, I'm, I'm just coming out to bat here from the fourth innings. Um, you know, two days ago, I was, you know, you're just chilling out. You're running the drinks. You're, you know, making sure the boys are ready. And then you're in the game. So... You know, it's a good, it's a good, you know, you've got to be ready for, for whenever the opportunity comes. And, um, you know, it was exciting. Obviously, you know, facing up their first ball, obviously, it, it becomes real. Like when you're not batting, it's probably like you're probably thinking more. Where when you're batting, it's, you're not really thinking about 
you know, when you're facing someone that bowls fast, you're not you're not really thinking much. It's just more reaction. You're trying to watch the ball as hard as you can and and go from there. Mm. And uh, minus like uh, you you got. You got hit by Jofra in the second ball. I think Jeff Lemon said you bounced back up like a cartoon character under an anvil, which was kind of cool to watch uh, at about 3 a.m. here in Australia. Um, did, you, did the English guys say anything to you? You know, like, like what, what, what are the, what, what's the, um, the kind of tone of, of what they're saying to you out in the middle uh, in that kind of crucial moment, not just after you get hit, but around there? I mean, what's, are, are they talking a lot at you? And, uh, and if so, what are they saying? Um, no, I mean, obviously when I got a kid, they were very like, you know, obviously scurried around me to make sure I'm all right. And I was kind of just trying to act cool and like, go, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Like scratching my mark and making sure, you know, I go through my little routine and, and whatnot. And they're all kind of like, mate, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm cool. You got me in the grill. I'm all good. And then you obviously know the process, the doc comes on and it's a bit of a, you know, got to make sure, you know, go through all the checks. The worst part is I have to change my helmet. Mm. hate changing my helmet real like god you know i cut my helmet to like there's different parts that i cut out because i got a weird shaped head <laughs> so i make sure my helmet fits properly um so that, and then obviously change my helmet and then yeah you're back on you're ready to go mate how, like how hard is it to actually like focus on batting in a test match when like you've said that you obviously come into the game as a, as a substitute, I suppose, and you're having a net in the warm-up in the morning before you're about to have a hit in a test match at Lords of all places in a you know critical test match. And then, you know, as you said, Tim Payne comes over, he says you're going to play, then it's raining, you feel it for a bit, you're coming out, there's pressure. Like, that's, that is such a hard thing to try and focus on actually bashing. Like, do you think that maybe, like, the, the second ball that got you was almost a, almost a good wake-up call for, to sort of get you going in your innings? Hundred percent, hundred percent. It definitely was. You know, obviously, when you get hit by you know one fifty k ball, you, you're pretty, yeah. You know, you wake up pretty quickly. Yeah, I've always um, done that myself. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, well, yeah, you you're sort of up and about, and then you just, yeah, you just kind of. I mean, I think in some ways it helps because it, you know you obviously don't have time to overthink it. You're just kind of going out. You're ready, you're prepared, and you're going out and playing what's in front of you. You're not really trying mm. to think too much mm. about anything else. You're just trying to play with, you know, stuff that you've worked with. All of a sudden, all that goes out the window, and you're just trying to focus on that ball and make sure you're ready for the contest. Mm. Mm. Can I ask you, uh, like, like a bit of a left field one, Minus? You're saying how surreal it was to be batting at Lords, the home of cricket, as a you know, concussion substitute in this, like, extremely critical moment in the Ashes series. I mean, my, my view is your innings will be decisive uh, in, in the final uh, scheme of things when it, when it comes to the retention of the Ashes for Australia. But, um, like, what <laughs> what's the, like, weirdest thought you had while you were batting? <laughs> you know, we love weird thoughts when we're batting. Like, uh, you know, like, oh, my missus didn't call me back or something. Or, oh, where's the circus? And I, like, did... I mean, mm. were you that focused on like every single thought you had was kind of pre-planned or like did you find yourself thinking about, you know, some strange stuff? And if so, what was it? Declare it publicly. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, no. Nah, I mean, you're not really thinking straight. Like when I'm out there, you know, when I'm not facing up, I'm sort of just, my mind's sort of just drifting off. I can't even, I can't even remember what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, then, but then you're sort of just looking at the field and going, right, oh, where's the, 
you know, where where do I want to hit the ball? Where's the gaps? Where's the, you know, what's he trying to do? So you just, just you know, your mind sort of spins more, for me personally, um, is more around like the game stuff and, and you know, where can I, where's the runs? What are they trying to do? Mm. Where am I batting and stuff like that. So, um, no, not really any any strange thoughts. Sometimes I get in a little bubble when I'm out there as well. Like, you just find yourself like, like you know, you just find yourself sort of just like, you, you don't even know what you're doing. You're sort of just floating around and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, like I've got to face up here. Mm. Like, um, mm. you know, like making sure you're nice and clear for the next ball. Mm. When uh, when you're out there, obviously your dismissal caused some controversy, Marnus. When like, um, I mean, we we celebrated this on the podcast the other night. Um, you know, Joe Root climbing one of the all-time great claimants mm. um, by climbing the one hand one bounce rule. I mean, that must be a weird thing where like, you know, the captain of England claims it, and then you're looking on the big screen and you see it bounces, like it, it bounced, like let's call a spade a spade, bounced, um, and then you still get given out. Like that's that's a that must be a weird thing and sort of hard to take in a pretty pivotal moment in this in the match, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it was it was frustrating. Obviously, you know, hitting the ball into short leg and it popping up, and yeah. and obviously, originally when I got caught, I didn't even. I was I was more just like standing in the middle of the thing, just sort of in disbelief. I was just like, how is that? How did that hit his knee and popped up? Like seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, obviously, um, I started walking off, and then they said the review, and I stood there, and obviously, I saw it on the big screen, and I was like, oh well. To me, it looked like it bounced. So I was You're like, beauty. well, yeah. walking back and, yeah, walking back. And I was like, well, that's bounced. Like, for me, for me on the screen, I was like, mm. it looked like it bounced. And like mm. I said, I've got nothing sort of against go. You know, obviously, I know as a fielder, sometimes you catch the ball mm. and, you know, you, you're 100% sure that your fingers were under it. But obviously, um, with mm. technology now, there's such mm. close-ups of the hands and the ball and and so you do, you know, you do sometimes go, well, I caught it, but oh, I felt like I caught it, but, you know, maybe, maybe it just, maybe, maybe I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, like I said, it's not really, it's not really my decision um, to make out there. And it's obviously frustrating. Um, you know, it's obviously made it easier that, you know, we still draw the game. And, um, but, sure. you know, it's frustrating. Obviously, we had our lower order put under pressure at a crucial stage instead of sort of, maybe shaking your hands with 10, seven overs to go. So, mm. um, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, it didn't um, affect the situation of the game. But it, like you said, it's not, like I said, it's nothing, not, not necessarily Joe's fault. It's just, uh, um, you know, it's mm. it's just a matter of opinion, isn't it? And I think because the soft signal was out, um, uh, it meant that they were going to sort of stick with the umpire's decision. Mm. Mate, um, I think that's a pretty uh, generous explanation as well, you know, for, for those people out there, and it all makes a lot of sense. Like, um, just he- just heading into Headingley, which obviously kicks off in 24 hours as we go to air, uh, there's been a little bit of talk about whether Australia's going to, you know, enter into a bouncer war. Now that, you know, it's really weird for us to be on the receiving end of, like, you know, having a hostile, intimidating bowler that kind of st- frightens, you know, the you know the the public. It's normally us that's doing that, and this, you know, we always have to have the alpha reflex in Australia and go back harder at them. But you know, JL, my mate JL, has come out and said, no, we want to win on <laughs> skill, not emotion. Uh, I mean, what, what what's it like inside the dressing room there? I mean, there there must be some, you know, big throbbing blokes out there, you know, in the Aussie side who want to kind of go back. <laughs> 
at England in the way that Joffre has, you know, like, I mean, guys like, like Jimmy Pattinson and Stark, whoever's going to play, mm-hmm. um, must want to kind of, you know, uh, return fire with fire. Mm. And how are the leggies coming out? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go with first one first. Um, like I said, I think the short ball, uh, the short ball is definitely going to be a part for the rest of this series. There's no doubt in that. Um, but, I mean, it's how it's used. And, you know, like you said, we want to make sure we're using it to get wickets, you know, not just to pin guys. Um, um, you know, because, like you said, we the, the aim is to get wickets, you know, you, to win the test. That's our goal, to retain the ashes. It's not um, to, to, you know, to to make sure we, we're hitting helmets and, and gloves and stuff like that. So um, that's probably the first thing. And, yeah, look, I'm sure that, you know, the fact the quicks are, are raring, you know, that there might be a few extra Ks when, the, when Joffre does come out. Um, there might be a few extra Ks because, like you said, if you know you're going to get them, you might as well dish them out. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, obviously the leggies. Yeah, leggies are going well. Obviously, I've been bowling a lot um, the last few weeks um, in the Nets and obviously in county cricket. So um, it's been good to obviously be able to play a bit more of a role over here in county cricket and getting used to bowling as a, as a main spinner, which has been a really good challenge. Manasa, we've taken up far more of your time than had originally been agreed, and uh, I really appreciate your generosity in giving that to us one day out from uh, Crucial Ashes Test. So uh, thank you very much. Thanks very much for just being a wonderful talking point for the grade cricketer for the last six months mm-hmm. as well, you know, like yep. symbolising yep. the change <laughs> in Australian cricket, you know, from the hawkish alpha to something a little bit more new age, skillful. Uh, and, and spiritual. So we thank you for that. You've probably got no idea what we're talking about there, which means you're just a normal <laughs> person who has more important things to do in their life. But um, so with all that said, Manus, all the best uh, for tomorrow. We'll be watching uh, and cheering you on. This isn't a, you know, an unbiased journalistic uh, proposition, the great cricketer. We're absolutely biased. So uh, mm. all the best, mate. And um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll watch <laughs> on. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Stop talking now. Thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate it. It was great. It's a great time. Um, it's good to chat with you guys. Great bands, and um, we'll talk soon. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Uh, a long discussion last night, he goes, uh, with Dave uh, about the importance of customization in business in 2019. You know, if you can't customize, then, uh, well, you know, 2005 called and they want their uh, business models back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, but let, let's have a quick nod to our people at Budgie Smuggler. You know, uh, let, let, let's take a different look at this here. Of course, custom smugglers are available to you. You know this if you listen to the show. You go to budgiesmuggler.com. What I want to go at um, separately here is uh, one of the reasons we like working with Budgie Smuggler is because they are a business that uh, aren't a gambling firm. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, as we uh, listen back on this in a couple of years' time when we're sponsored by gambling, um, obviously I'll sound like a, a hypocrite. But for now, mm. uh, we're proud to be uh, 
a small little enterprise that um, so far has resisted mm. the clutches of uh, gambling advertising. Open to others if you want to get in touch. Mm. Uh, you know, we definitely like a beer, mm. but um, uh, as well, this is a moralising <laughs> podcast. Uh, what yeah, is happening? But, <laughs> well, I'm just trying to find any angle to talk about Pudgy Smuggler. That's yeah, not sure. what we've done before. I don't want to talk sure. about Alex Carey and bandages again. Mm. <laughs> so uh, cool. we're, just, we're just pumping up this company. It's a good Australian company. It's around the world, and uh, they're great to work with. They're you know, lovely people. They're normal people. They are nice people, uh, yeah. And there, right. are few, there are very few normal people around, I think, as I, again, get on uh, that my has been our experience. Who, uh, but, yeah, you, you know, get, get some swimwear. They're good to get swimwear with. You can get your own picture. You can get their own designed pictures. They're well made. They're ethically made. Um, budgiesmuggler.com.au. Hashtag ask TGC Pez. Uh, in the interest of um, uh, not blowing out uh, like I did in the last show uh, in London, uh, Pez, can I invite you to write, uh, read out the first question? Invitation accepted. He goes, and thank you uh, for that. I, I accept cordially at mm. that. This is from Liz Troppington, mm. who's a name that might ring a bell mm. to a few Bells have been listeners run. of uh, The Great Cricketer. Uh, and great to have just any kind of correspondence from... You know, someone with an XX chromosome. Yeah. Um, don't know if that's politically incorrect. Well, as a single uh, man, I'll take anything. A, yeah. a woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hi, guys. Liz Troppington here. <laughs> Firstly, may I apologise for a typo that caused my friend Zalia to have a hen's party that involved high tea in a boutique hotel followed by a visit to Kew Gardens rather than what I had planned, a booze-fueled fiesta with the scantily clad TGC boys at the helm. Mm. Only yesterday on reminiscing that I should be nursing a hangover rather than simply feeling exhausted by all the talk of babies and foreign bonds, I looked back at my previous communique with TGC and realised that I had omitted a letter from my email address. Sure, I've heard that before. Mm. I had thought that you had rebuffed my offer of Chippendale work when, in actual fact, I believe you would have been sending emails to the wrong address. Correct. Okay, so Liz goes on and says, So I write this email to you in apology and also in request of some marriage advice. Perfect. My husband Andy, I mean, just for some context here as well, he goes, in case you didn't listen to this podcast in the past, we were invited by Liz mm. to perform as strippers, as mm. niche strippers at a hen's party <laughs> while in London the day before our big London show, and we really wanted to do it. Uh, and then we followed up and got no reply, and now Liz yeah. is saying, well, I've got a letter in my email address wrong. Mm. Mm. Um so I write in, in, in apology and also in request of some marriage advice. My husband, Andy, a big fan of your books and podcast, a man who played three years of grade cricket in Sydney before returning to local village cricket here in England, seems to be suffering from a crisis of self-esteem, and I would like you to settle some of his internal quandaries by discussing them on your podcast. Mm. That's very kind. Yeah. Coming from me, compliments and reassurances don't have the same meaning that they would from you guys, his heroes. Andy is an affable guy, incredibly intelligent, and works a high-level job at one of the world's largest drug companies. When in the company of his cricket friends, many of whom work low-level jobs as labourers or in hospitality, he suffers from a near-constant level of abuse and bullying. He's often demeaned for his body, having lost the tone from chest and arms in the last two years. Recently, a couple of said friends visit our house for a barbecue. 
For several hours, Andy partook in their peculiar form of banter, which mainly involved denigration and belittling of each other. After they had left, Andy explained to me that he was beta to their alpha, mainly because of his subpar rig, inverted commas, and then the parenthesis says, I had only previously heard this word used to describe lorries. <laughs> Close parenthesis. <laughs> Later in the evening, after I'd settled into our bed alone, I heard Andy come into the bedroom and turn on the light. I looked up at him, naked but for a pair of underpants with this inscription across his waistband, Alpha. As he began to saunter toward the bed with his I'm trying to be sexy eyes locked onto mine, I broke into a fit of laughter, nearly falling out of bed with the force of it. Almost instantly, Andy was in tears, curled up on his side of the bed, his head in his hands. I cradled him in my arms and asked him what on earth he was doing. He explained to me that he had purchased these underpants from a store called Kmart during his grade cricket days in Sydney in an attempt to elevate his social status at the club. He said he was embarrassed by the way his friends had bullied him earlier that day and had simply wanted to, his wife to see him as a top dog, someone worthy of her affections. <laughs> I informed him that a man with a wife who loves him, a highly skilled and prosperous job, a house and car to his name should feel confident in his own skin, despite being insulted by his friends. Believing his problems to be in need of more support than my compliments and reassurances could offer, I decided that what he needed was some advice from his heroes, the TGC lads. If you agree with my summation, would you be kind enough to reaffirm it on your podcast? If you do not, feel free to say so. And would you kindly give him some advice on looking sexy in the bedroom that does not involve wearing the word alpha on one's waistband. Yours in anticipation, Liz Troppington. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Liz is obviously, um, we're being catfished. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Is that you, Glenn Maxwell? (laughs) (laughs) I I know Dan Brady's words when I see them. Oh, um, uh, mate, okay, let's... So that's basically the plot of our next book. Yes, uh, which, is yes. which is available. No, so, um, okay, mate, a lot going on here. Uh, first of all, Liz is just offering the fuck out of Andy in so many ways in, in mm. this in this message. Um, and that's it, before you cut. Let's just get out of the way. I mean, Liz probably is Andy. There's only one guy here. True. This is a made-up story, but, true. but let's go on. He is often demeaned for his body, having lost the tone from chest and arms in the last two years. So she has noticed, uh, as a mention of salad, he's being offered by his friends, he's been belittled. Uh, he then tried to have sex with his wife, uh, consensually, and uh, she laughed at him, and he started crying, and then he was... Almost little, almost instantly. Yes, he was. He was, He got into the uh, little spoon position, and his wife big spooned him to make mm. him feel better. Um, he shops he curled at, up on his side of the bed in tears at his laughter. shops at cake. In his arms. He shops at Kmart. Uh, he mm. wants his wife to see him as a top dog. Mm. Um, and uh, no, that's no, that's about it. That, that ticks all the boxes. Um, so this is what's what's funny is like, well, there's lots of things that are funny, obviously. That's but true. Like somebody um, like Liz, who's so self-aware and so like um, socially insightful as to what's going on, mm. to then absolutely burn her husband who yep. she purports to love yes. by ensuring that this story is read out. Yes, she purports to. to. Um, we won't, we, we're like Netflix, we don't reveal how many people listen to the podcast, mm. but it's um, tens of thousands. Mm. Um, th- there's there's a complete contradiction there, which I enjoy, frankly. And, and it, firstly, Liz, you're a psychopath. <laughs> um, 
that's firstly, um, firstly, firstly, you're a psychopath. <laughs> Not only have you um, invited us to perform at a hen's party and then then claimed that you left one letter wrong yep. on your email, yep. um, you're now absolutely roasting your mm. husband. Uh, presumably, his name's Andy Troppington. I think Liz kept I her kid. surname. I think Liz. I kid. I kid. I don't think it's a real surname, mm. but. Um, <laughs> Uh, to, to yeah, to burn the husband like that while being so socially insightful as to what's going on in his mind, mm. if he's clearly this insecure, mm. um, well, it's the work of a psychopath. But uh, 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 you know, psychopaths always go to the top in any field, and you've gone to the top of our stage. You see questions, Liz. Uh, that, that's probably my favourite one. <laughs> yeah, the, the the leaving one letter off. That's you know, we've set up. Um, do you remember that story I was telling you about how? I met that girl on a plane, and she gave me a number, and it was a whole thing. And she left like one digit off. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Tom. Well, anyway, what? Well, hang on. What, I mean, what's the? Let's we just like <coughs> we need to close this off. Oh, okay. Uh, what's the advice to Andy? Well, I think that um, Andy, you need to um, firstly evaluate the uh, psychological profile of your wife, hmm. Um, hmm. because you're not actually being supported here. Yep. Uh, and what you're going through, Andy, is very normal. Um, I think, like, I remember in my uni days in communication, one thing that the professor said was humour is one of the great tools of communication, of persuasion. However, if you're not funny, don't ever try and be funny. And mm. I would apply that to the beta and the alpha discourse. Sure. Like, if you're a beta, you are never going to convince anybody that you're alpha. Mm-hmm. And like I said last night, the only way to get to alpha from a beta position is to own the beta hmm. because then you paradoxically become the alpha. Own the beta, bro, and, you know, work work some arms. <laughs> Tom says, Dear hashtag AskTJC choppers, like many of your listeners, my thoughts last Thursday were solely placed in England for the delivery of the first ball at Edgebaston. Imagine my horror as my wife and mother-in-law, who often stays with us on Thursdays to lend a hand with our two small children, casually mentions during the first over that The Bachelor was on and they were keen to witness the introduction of several new girls to the mansion. Well, fuck me. How does one react in such a scenario? My shrill protests were nonchalantly ignored and within minutes I had missed both the Warner and Bancroft dismissals, instead enduring the tedious rose ceremony with the same music they've used since Tim Robard's season one. I have cross-sectioned the upcoming test dates with the schedule for The Bachelor, normally an eight-week run at two episodes per week on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and found that there will be no less than seven total evenings of scheduling conflict during the upcoming series. We are not a two-television household and I not want to go down that road, nor am I willing to live stream through any other means. I will only watch cricket in HD on our LG, 30, uh, in our, on our LG 52-inch flat screen. <laughs> Unnervingly, my wife tells me that watching Batch is now deemed as a live-only event due, the, due to the hilarity of live tweeting and the need to be up to date with her mother's group chat. Therefore, this unprecedented situation creates an impossible choice between my marriage and cricket, none unlike Sam Wood's choice between Slizana and Lana in season three. Boys, you are overseas and you will not have and you will not be affected, but there is a cohort of us back here who are alarmed at the prospect of missing the boys humiliate England at home for the first time since two thousand and one. I love my wife dearly and know that sacrifices must be made in order for a marriage to be successful. But after the sacking of Edgebaston, I have to say I'm more than a little concerned. 
for the sake of those across the country whose marriages are at stake, please help. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> oh, uh, wonderful. Great. Uh, I mean, like, you know, practically speaking, like, can't Tom's wife, can't Tom's wife cop some, like, device streaming? Obviously, Tom's wife feels the same way about only watching The Bachelor yep. on HD on their LG 52-inch flat screen. That's right. Uh, I, I have to say, Tom, um, you're also prioritising your autistic um, commitment to watching cricket on LG 52-inch flat screen as well mm. over the marriage and cricket. like Because like, as, this as this is being read out, I'm thinking, just watch it on your laptop, get another TV, blah, 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 like join 2019 again. Mm. But he just says, frankly... Um, you know, like unequivocally, we are not a two television household, and I do not want to go down that road. Nor am I willing to live stream through any other means. Mate, <laughs> just like Tom just loves, he loves The Bachelor. He knows what seasons mm. people were on. He's mm. across it. He's actually enjoying it. It's That's okay, the problem, isn't it? It's okay to like The Bachelor. Like it's it's mm. it's deliberately mindless. That television. You're supposed to laugh at characters. Now, of course, one of the things that we've pointed out is that we laugh at our own characters in our cricket team. That's why it's so fucking mm. funny. Because mm. it's we're reality TV. We're, it's the best it's, reality TV. <laughs> You know, we kicked out the, the most important character. Steve Smith brought an intruder. We brought a mole okay. into the house, Manus Labouchet. <laughs> Manus the mole. And we, <laughs> and we thank him for joining the podcast. And we do. But, you know, this is, the, I mean, this is basically a conflict of whose reality TV is more watchable. And there's probably mm. more narrative in an Ashes test match, to be honest. Mm. There's probably more but going he, on. He, Tom can't sell that to his, to his wife. No, because I mean, I, like, I thought you were right – well, I, it is. It's really boring. And like, what about names and numbers? Like, I thought you were going down the right path, and you're sort of saying Tom loves The Bachelor. Maybe Tom just needs to accept the truth that he may actually. It's a, like he may actually just like The Bachelor more than cricket. Yeah. Like, this is the whole thing with a great cricketer. Like, we have this commitment to this game that started from youth. It may have had something to do with relationships with fathers mm. or family members mm. or identity. Uh, and it, like, how to like like how to kind of. Um, Get yourself out of how to escape cricket is the great like is the is the great issue yeah. within the game. Mm. If you find a TV show that happens to make you feel better and it connects you with your wife, uh, it doesn't matter what Australia's going to do in England. Just go with that TV show. Uh, uh, you know, I haven't found it yet. I'd love to find a Bachelor. You know, <laughs> I, I watch the cricket sometimes, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure if I even like this. We talked to um, a former England player the other you know the day. Uh, won't mention his name, Tim Bresnan, and he said. Um, I hate watching cricket. <laughs> you know, so maybe Tom, you could cast it like a whole mm. player. You know, I like playing. I really <laughs> like watching. You'll, you'll earn a lot of respect from most of the population mm. for that perspective. Mm. And tell me, and if you can, if you can get yourself out of cricket, tell me how to do so. A scapegoat. Hashtag a scapegoat. Mm. Mate, okay, finally, finally. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, so, no, no, keep no, going. no. I was, was going to say, mate. I think it'd be a great question for Doctor Happy. We should get him on. We haven't spoken to him in a yeah, while. Yeah, we should. We've actually had a few requests. If you, yeah. if you got, let us know if you want Doctor Happy back on. Yeah. That is a trained psychologist that we used to get on to actually deal with a lot of these <laughs> dysfunctional men's issues. Okay, um, but wrapped up as jokes, yep. you see, because that's how we communicate. All right. Well, that's that's the Leeds preview podcast done for the great cricketer. Thank you as ever for Sam Perry for joining us from Melbourne. Manus Labuschagne from the hotel in Leeds. Who's going to win the Leeds Test match? Third test, it's huge and true. Absolutely, boys. I'm going to be watching The Bachelor, to be honest. Uh, but let me know how you get on. Let us know if you want to talk to Happy back. We'll see you after the test match.